Welcome to the clinical podcast series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. The topic for this episode is eyelid malignancies in young individuals, clinical peculiarities. Hosted by Dr. Mili Bruchik. Topical expert is Dr. Jason Duncan. And I'd like to also thank our topical editor, Dr. Kat Hogan. And now it's my pleasure to bring you today's podcast. Welcome on behalf of the American Academy of Optometry Foundation. I'm Dr. Mila Brujic, and I have the distinct pleasure of being joined today by Dr. Jason Duncan. Uh, Dr. Duncan, share with the audience a little bit about yourself, your practice, where you are currently. Super. Uh, thanks, number one, Mila, for having me um, and for your time. Uh, I am an associate professor at the Southern College of Optometry in Memphis, Tennessee. I've been here in some capacity since 1998. Um, I did a fellowship, a postdoctorate fellowship in um, eye disease, ocular disease and neurooptometry when I graduated SCO and from 96 to 98. And now I am the coordinator for our optometric surgical procedures. We have a didactic course with a lab and then a full-on clinic body um, to tackle lumps and bumps. Great. I, I think that's part of the reason why you're one of the perfect clinicians to actually be talking about this article that we're going to be discussing here today, which is eyelid malignancies in young individuals. Um, this, this is kind of an interesting one because normally when we think about eyelid malignancies, we're thinking about the older population, and this really looks at those individuals under 40. Why, why is this something that's important to us as optometry, Jason? Yeah, for sure. Um, Access to care has always been an issue um, that we as optometrists have um, had the upper hand on, I would say, you know, people can get in to see us. Um, we're fairly um, tuned in on these these things that have to do with the eye and adnexa. Um, so it's good to see us as the patient. So it, it's also good for us as practitioners to be up on these things. Um, so that the public, when they're accessing our services, we can provide timely uh, diagnoses, accurate diagnoses. One of the issues that was in the paper was the, the average time to treatment was 30 months for these people. Um, you and I both know that we can cut that time down uh, simply as, you know, as optometry does through access. Um, and then particularly if we're more well-versed in what we're seeing with these lumps and bumps. Um, and again, the article was more so dealing with under 40 as a population, which presents a, a new opportunity for us to um, perhaps what was overlooked before, because as you say, it's historically been associated with older individuals. And maybe we forget to look at these younger people in um, relative to lumps and bumps. And I think the article, one of the takeaways was you know, we should be more acutely aware of this potentiality in this younger set of patients. I think too, as our scope increases, I mean, you know, you were talking about the surgical procedures. I think optometry is going to be kind of firsthand and mm -hmm. managing these individuals, not, not simply seeing them and referring, but as the scope increases, we're going to be involved in really kind of taking these, taking these lumps off, assessing them, sending them in for assessment. I mean, do you see our role as optometry increasing in these individuals because of that? Uh, yes, sir, absolutely. So, um, you know, here in Tennessee, 
um, we're fortunate and have been. So we will excise epidermoid cysts, chalasia, hydrocystoma, papilloma. Um, we will we have the wherewithal to biopsy something um, that we're suspicious of. Um, excising that or not, probably a gray area right now, but the profession is moving that way, as you mentioned, with expansion scope. And there are several states, as you know, that will have board autonomy and are kind of already there. So absolutely, um, as the scope expands, it it's Im imperative on us uh, to make sure we have a handle on proper diagnoses and management options for sure. Susan, going back to the paper a little bit, are, are there any messages or anything that you kind of pulled from the paper where you felt from our perspective, it's important for patients to understand and know about? Yeah, uh, I the paper brought, you know, in addition to the age that they were studying, uh, they also studied female versus male. And there seems to be a slight um, leaning towards more females having these issues. And the paper could, you know, it wasn't in depth enough to say why. So one thing we know is more, much more research is needed in this area. Um, for us as clinicians, the paper brought out some points to mainly as patient education. Uh, of course, for us to be more acutely aware of our younger patients and the potentiality that they have these, as well as what to do about them. Um, but to advise our patients um, on how to avoid these things, um, because certainly the data is in that if you have propensities, either genetic or environment that you have yourself in towards these lesions, that having them earlier um, is a worse forecast for you as you get older. And as far as having more of them or worsening of them, the, the fact that you have these um, at an earlier age is just paramount to have them diagnosed and treated because they can be more aggressive. Is it a call to action to us, Jason, to be really well aware and acutely aware of these and identify them sooner in these patients? Absolutely. That's the, the perfect way to put it. Uh, the paper is a call to action to us to, um, you know, get our, get our practice mindset in order to learn about these things and learn what to do about them or you know, if nothing else, identify and ascend to appropriate places. But, you know, for certain ones of us to take action for sure. Yes. So I do think this does bring a few, few things to light. I do think all the points that you discussed are so important and critical for, for us to be considering, especially when, when we're considering eyelid lesions, not only on those elderly patients, but also those individuals that are typically in clinical practice, considered those younger individuals. Jason, Thank you. This was this was awesome. It was great catching up with you. Truly fun this afternoon. Yeah, great to see you again, Mila. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. And thank you all for joining in and dialing into this episode of the American Academy of Optometry Foundation podcast series. And a special thanks to Coopervision for their educational grant to make it all happen.